Welcome to the Utah House of Representatives podcast. My name is Harry Hansen, and I'll be your host. Thank you for joining me for the sixth episode of the Utah House of Representatives podcast. Today is part two of Utah Arts and Culture. Last week, we talked about the effects of COVID-19 on this industry and how much CARES money funding they received and some ways that they are coping with this national crisis. Today, we are discussing the specifics of the Create in Utah grant program that came about through the CARES money and specifically what programs it went to and how you can enjoy the benefits from the funding these organizations received. So stick around to the end of this episode so you know what activities you can be a part of because of this additional funding. Our guest on the show today is Victoria Bournes, who is the director of the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. Let's get her on the phone now so we can discuss what it looks like for museums in the COVID-19 world. Hello, this is Victoria Pinella Bournes, director of the Utah Division of Arts and Museums. How can I help you? Hi, Vicki. This is Harry from over at the Utah House of Representatives. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you, Harry. It's, it's great to hear from you. Yeah, of course. We are excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to do this. I think we have a great show for our listeners today. This will be fun. To get us started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about the Division of Arts and Museums? So Utah Arts and Museums manages the state of Utah Alice Merrill Horn Art Collection facilitates the state's public art program, offers museum services such as technical support and training, provides grants for museums and arts organizations, manages the statewide annual visual arts competition, the Poetry Out Loud program, offers professional development courses, manages the Chase Home Museum for folk and traditional arts, and delivers art exhibitions throughout the state. In 1899, Utah Representative Alice Merrill Horn sponsored the bill that established the division. We are so proud that this has made Utah the first state in the nation to have a state-run arts and cultural agency. So if people want more information, I would encourage them to visit our website at artsandmuseums.utah.gov. So last week, our listeners actually learned what the state did to help the arts and cultures programs throughout the state during COVID-19. So I kind of want to ask you the same question. What happened to arts and museums when COVID-19 hit? You know, our industry literally shut down with very little warning. Theaters, museums, classes were closed. A lot of workers were laid off. Gig workers like musicians, actors, stagehands had no way to earn their livelihood. Our agency did the best we could to share information and support our constituents. We partnered with other statewide and local organizations provide up-to-date information on COVID, funding resources, and just to offer encouragement during this challenging time. Zoological organizations were some of the first museums to reopen. You know, with a living collection, they still needed to work and care for their animals. The opening, even with limited visitors, was a really good thing. You know, other museums have begun to open. You know, museums can time visitor participation to help with social distancing. But even in good times, arts and museums manage with really slim margins. So utilizing current health guidelines with proper social distancing does mean smaller houses and less visitors, which unfortunately also equates to less revenues. Plus, it is costing more to stay open. More staff are needed to assist with social distancing, and they have new expenses for personal protective equipment. So while they may be open, and we're really grateful that some are opening now, arts and museums are not bringing in enough to cover all the costs or to make up for the previous lost revenues. 
it's going to take longer for some of the performing arts organizations to get back to normal. There is still difficulty figuring out, you know, how do you sing in public or play brass and wind instruments? Then once they can perform, sets need to be built and people need time to rehearse. So we can't just instantaneously create a play, dance or musical performance. It all takes time. Now, speaking of COVID-19 and some of the things that it's affected, I know that it's affected your industry, but I also know that Utah is one of the top states in the nation for funding this industry during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I want to get into the details of how that money is helping. Could you tell us a little bit more about the Create in Utah initiative? Oh, yes, I would love to. So during the June 18th special session, the Utah State Legislature passed a COVID-19 economic recovery program bill. This bill allocated $9 million in grants to cultural organizations with annual budgets of more than $5 million. The funding, known as Create in Utah, is targeted for programs that boost tourism and help local economies recover. We are so grateful for legislative leadership in passing this bill and including funding for arts and culture programs. Senator Hemmert and Representative Spenlove sponsored the Create in Utah bill. Speaker Wilson and President Adams have been extremely supportive of our arts and cultural sector. I cannot thank the legislature enough for this funding. So we funded 15 organizations that received between $250,000 to $1 million. This funding opportunity provided critical support for Utah's flagship museums and art organizations as they pivoted to share their talents and exhibitions. So our goal is to have these organizations fully open when this pandemic ends. Again, this couldn't have been possible without the support of our elected leaders. What are some of the things that uh, the awardees of this grant are doing? Sure. Oh, this is great. So this October, Red Butte Gardens is hosting a new month-long festival, and admission is free to the public every day from 9 to 5 p.m., and it's just $5 for non-members every evening from 5 to 8 p.m., and every Monday evening is free. Here's another one. Hogel Zoo is providing the opportunity for the community to attend their zoo lights free of charge. That's in December and January. We have Thanksgiving points. We'll be offering a total of 16,000 complimentary admissions to their venues or special events. And Utah Symphony is providing an exuberant celebration of Latin American music and culture at Abravana Hall in October. Tickets are offered free of charge to the community with pre-registration. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium is offering buy one, get one free offers for October 17th and 18th. This is the weekend of their new Arts and Culture Festival, and they're also on weekdays for their new Nighttime Festival of the Seas, also having buy one, get one free offers. Then the Natural History Museum of Utah is going to make 5,000 free admission tickets and two-for-one admission tickets available to encourage visitation from statewide travelers. The museum is also offering free programming to thousands of residents statewide with the help of their new mobile outreach band and drop-in science programs. They will host community events in cities and towns throughout Utah. You know, currently we have a blog post titled Create in Utah Awards that lists all the groups that have currently received funding. And again, that's at artandmuseums.utah.gov. You know, it sounds like even during COVID-19, there is going to be a lot for people to be a part of during this fall and winter, which is amazing. That's, I think that's very, very needed, especially after being cooped up in our houses all summer long. So, <laughs> Yes, yes, you're right. 
Now, before you leave us today, I understand that there is a second round of funding. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that and what the process is for applying for it? Yes, we are so grateful for this. An additional $7.5 million for the grants was approved by the legislature during their August 20th special session. So legislative changes to the program eliminated that annual budget threshold that we originally had. So through these allocations, the legislature is investing resources into Utah's cultural organizations to help be part of Utah's recovery so that Utahns can return to positive and safe engagement in community activities. So far, the interest in this program has been very intense and positive. The application process opened on September 11th and is due this Monday on September 28th. Nonprofit government entities or tribal governments can apply for this funding. Organizations have to show that there has been a financial loss due to COVID-19 of $5,000 or more and that the organization will provide a benefit to Utahns as part of the Utah recovery from COVID-19. And we really hope to be able to assist all eligible organizations that apply. We expect to allocate all the funds by October 19th. This has been a very concentrated time frame. You know, and, and as you mentioned at the top of the show, I'd like to articulate once again, Utah is known nationally as a leader in terms of how our legislative leadership has allocated CARES Act funds and in designing and implementing the Utah Leads Together plan for our arts and cultural community. Again, thanks to our elected leaders for supporting Utah's rich and vibrant cultural communities so that we can help the healing process going forward. Well, thank you so much for your time, Vicki. We really appreciate having you on the show. It's been super informative and very helpful. I know that I'm going to be looking into those activities that you just mentioned, and I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. Oh, that makes me feel so good. Thank you so much. And it's really been a pleasure. I appreciate you calling me. I hope you all enjoyed having Vicki on the show today and hope you're able to take advantage of some of the things that she mentioned. Thank you for joining me for the second half of our arts and culture segment. This concludes our discussion for now, but remember to join us next week because we are going to have an exciting discussion with one of our representatives about the importance of the census and this upcoming election. See you next time. <laughs>